We're rolling. Hello, world. We're back. You can't start with that. Why not? You can't start with that. Why not? All right, you'll never see our... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is Quentin Montalto, the CEO... Oh, sorry, no. What am I? COO <laughs> of Shipper HQ. I hope this is keeping you warm by your fires and makes your drive home even better. How's that? That's not bad. All right, we've had like, I actually worked out that this two year break is this week, I think. The two year break from Commerce Party? Yeah, so I think what we need to do is make like a New Year's resolution. It won't be another two years before the next podcast. A half year resolution. Yeah. Because it's like 2019 is halfway over. We can't okay. start making resolutions well, now. Yeah, that's true. Let's, let's just, I think let's just cover off like, like what the hell are we doing here and why are we back? From where I'm sitting, I think we got a little bit busy in 2017, was it? Yeah, it was 2017. 2017, and um, I don't even know what year it is now. So that's how busy we got. Uh, and I think the other problem that we kind of had was that we were missing somebody to organise the podcast and get some structure around it for us. So it was all falling on me and you. And the reality was that as the CEO, and I think you were the COO then, but now it's like a real grown-up role as opposed to you're a child. Now, yeah, that, that two years of growth. That two years of growth from 25 to 27 is significant. That's what changed me. Yeah. So, and then from your side, like, what's your feeling on this podcast? Or... I was always a really big fan of the idea of it because I think that there is, like, a human side to, like, tech and, like, who the actual people are who work in the company. And I think there's an interesting, like, story of how that person got there or, like, how the company started. So mine is more of, like, that route into it. It's like the person into the product or the person into like the tech. And I don't think that's a voice that's really like spoken. And if it is on someone's podcast and I don't know about it, shoot it my way. But that's, that's what I want to do. Like I want to tell the stories of like how someone got started and how it changed. What about for you? No, I think that's good. I, I think for me, I think there's a few motivations here. I think, I do think that we're like, one of the things that I've noticed is that I, I basically talk absolute crap on Twitter and people, um, I think people quite like that because uh, even though, well, not everybody to be honest, but some people really hate it. It's like Marmite, like you love it or hate it. But I think that I think that what I show is that you can be, you know, a founder of the company and still be a normal person with normal life and normal problems. Um, and I'm not trying to dress any of that up. And then the other thing is, is just I think we need to tell more of people's stories, but without the kind of absolute bullshit that goes around telling a lot of people's stories and cut behind the curtain a little bit on and and what's going on and where their challenges are and I I, I kind of struggle with that on a personal level of I don't want to share my whole sodding life to the world um because I don't I just don't think it's anybody's business but then I also as I've got older I've appreciated that you know we are you know, I don't know if we're role models I think that's the wrong word I do I think that people listen to what we say and then choose to either take that on board or not take it on board but either way i think it's good that they can hear some of the stories of us but not really us like the people that we interact with because mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty powerful right yeah so so and then the other thing is is that i feel like some podcasts are a little bit exclusive okay what do you mean by that well i just feel like um you have to be like a special person to get on a podcast or to be invited on a podcast and I kind of feel... So you mean as a guest? Like a, someone to come on as yeah. a guest? Okay. And then, like, this, like, it goes back, and I, I go back to these stories that you, uh, 
Quentin tries to try and pretend that he's not heard me say a story for the hundredth time and then act like that's why you're the COO. They're always new. Yeah, because they're always new. Like you, are, you, you do. You've got really good at like switching your ears off and doing that. Karen, that's a great story thing. But but the, <laughs> but the, when I when I worked up in London at Reuters, I honest to God used to find and maybe this is my working class background, but the best conversations I had was, you know, when I went into the loos and spoke to the cleaner sometimes. Um, like, your, your best conversations are not always uh, with the top of the tree. They're, they're, they're often spread right across it, and I think that's true in teams as well. You know, people go, people often look at, you know, who's the, you know, senior managers and C-level execs, but I always think that with any team that, you can point out, you know, especially in big teams, like five people out of 60, the, you know, the people that are influencing that team, and they're not the senior management. There might be one or two that are, but the other three are, are always the way down the hierarchy at different places. So I kind of want to, kind of want to open the podcast up to the cleaner, basically. I think, I think it's a good way to go. I think that I, I like, and I think you're right, and I think I might have a somewhat swayed view because you know, I do come from like the younger kind of that bottom floor yeah. and I wasn't there not too long ago but you know I, I think that you're right that you know the work that you do there is sometimes missed at the top and so to hear kind of that you know from the people kind of breaking their backs on doing some things it's a different it's a different insight yeah and I think I mean it's it's like you right like uh you know you've you've come along and and you're relatively new to the Magento community even now like in some people's eyes right? oh, yeah. I think in other people's eyes you're, you're an old hand right but mm-hmm. that, that depends on when they joined but there's still sometimes that barrier for you I think in terms of people like even today like somebody tweeted something about Austin didn't include you so I replied back and went and Quantalto because I'm, I'm kind of working to just keep you in there when some of the old school can exclude that. And I, I just, I, I can see from this company that, you know, we've got people that come into this company and, you know, within a, within a month of making significant moves. And it's really important that we open that up and don't just go, all right, you've got to go through, you know, training and you're going to sit there for the next three years until we talk to you. It's the same it's the same thing, right? Yeah, definitely. I think you're right. I think the Magento thing is interesting because, you know, people often use the length of time in Magento as like a badge. Yeah. And like I've been in Magento since 2009. Well, guess what? I was in a high school senior in 2009, like yeah. like skipping class and doing that and playing football. Like that's what I was doing in 2009. It's not really a knock on me, but, you know, I got into the community. It's not sad, though. No, it's not sad. It's not sad. I got into the community like we four years ago. Code. That's what we were doing. Yeah, I was I was falling asleep in my uh, JavaScript computer science class. Okay, so how old was you in two thousand eight then? Two thousand and eight, I was two thousand eight. I was sixteen. I was sixteen two thousand eight. That's why you have like zero respect in this community. To be honest with you, you're never going to go. <laughs> is it the age or is it I haven't been in Magento that long? I don't even know why I'm doing this podcast with you. At this John point. Hughes likes me. John Hughes is one of my best friends. I'm joking. Shout out John Hughes. Thanks I, for liking me. I think that the uh, John Hughes poster. That his wife, did you see it? Yes. Oh my god, I never lost so much on my life. So I was so so funny. I was wearing one of those walking around London, and so Rob Long had None one as well. Story come out. So Meet Magento UK was a fantastic event thrown on by We Are JH. Wonderful time, great content. I really, really like the way they did it. If any organizers ever looking to do an event, I definitely recommend contacting Jamie. The way they it was a perfect balance, but they had this really cool thing on along one of the walls. They had these like sticker posters of all the speakers. And at the end of the event, we were leaving with the PayPal team and a couple other people. 
and I made a joke about trying to peel it off. And then before he knew it, we had it peeled off, and I was wearing it on my shirt. I saw uh, the photo. Yeah, so I was wearing it on that. So I then told Rob, though, I walked in front of Rob and then started pointing at him and going, hey, that's him. Like, that's him. And I was this close to putting it on the back of a red bus, but then I remembered. That's where it should have gone. That's why I said to John Hughes that the bus shelter in England was a perfect place for that picture. I, yeah, or a bus would have been great too. I, I tried to make the argument, but there was, a, uh, there was some uh, information on that that we didn't want to put out in the world. So... We didn't want to uh, float that out, but we yeah we were gonna it hang might it. Be at... the wrong company picture to put on the front of your shirt. Exactly. I was I was cool wearing it, but I don't think the bus in London would have liked it. Yeah, but the one the one that I did where like she put it in the doorway and I I don't see it. Yeah, the the event itself. I know um, Jamie has shared his assets from that, so everybody can get the design assets, and I I just think it's fantastic. Um, we we need to do that with pre imagined stuff and just copy it. Oh, that's a good call. <laughs> we'll just say we did it first. We'll, we'll say Jamie got the idea from us. I thought that anybody would be interested in it, but now we're... Uh, so we, uh, for those people that don't know, we, we used to, for the last three years, have run the pre imagined community event. So it's basically a big the community event that's run at Magento Imagine, which is the biggest Magento conference each year. So we had 500... No, I think we had 600-odd people... It's like 632. Was it was it? big. It was really big. Yeah, I don't know. It was overwhelming. Anyway, it was the last year that we run it. Um, so we have a load of assets from that that we could share out. Um, and then more than happy to. I know we did share some of it to for EU Live. So they used some of it last year. So. Nice. And then uh, let's talk about some uh, other things going on. So your promotion, well done. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I think that means I have to give you a pay rise at some point. But we'll just I haven't brought that up yet. Yeah, we'll gloss over that at the moment. We can, we can negotiate it right now on the podcast. Yeah, it's based on uh, performance. Oh, so well, don't take anything from me then. It's reviewing three months. You can't take anything from what I have. <laughs> you can't, I, can't go, <laughs> I can't go backwards. Well, now, well, Jared is now the head of sales, so... Yeah, that's awesome. If anything, your pay's going to jump on more, because that guy's brilliant. Yeah, he's a lot better than that's I was at that. That's why we moved you to one side, so we can actually get some bloody money in. Like I said in our meeting, I think I've been in his way for a long time. So, very happy to have him there. Congratulations, Jared. And, and I, think, I think it's worth us covering off this, like, you know, what, what kind of happened here uh, a little bit. Because I think it's useful for other people about what's going on inside our company. And obviously, you know, we have to be careful about what we discuss and stuff like that. But... You know, one of the big things for me, like in last year, was just, um, you know, I think as a CEO and, and probably as a female CEO and as a single founder with, you know, there's not, I don't have another person there. Apart Bootstrapped. From, apart from my husband to talk to, and honestly, if you met him, you'd realize that's not a great option either. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the, one of the things you suffer from is a little bit of imposter syndrome, right? Because I've never been here before. I mean, I've, I've got an engineering background and stuff like that. And then, and then I think the team get that as well. Like you're 27, you come in when you were what, 23. Yep. So you've come in from a completely different background, straight out of uni, mm-hmm. into this scenario. And we all sit there and go, "Do we know what we're doing? Do, do you think that's fair that we we?" Hundred percent. And every day we do this. And I think like one of the things coming into this year was that we really we really set you know uh, goals on the company where, and I felt that we needed to bring in some more senior management in order to help us get to those goals. I think one of the things that I've learned over the last six months is that that actually the team that we've got is just absolutely fantastic. And and experience definitely teaches you a lot, but your 
your internal team culture and ways of working and that institutional knowledge that we've built up and you've built up over what four years three years four years in september and um it's very powerful and like the trouble is sometimes when you bring in like a, a you know we try to bring in a coo that's you know what i'm thinking about specifically is that they just have a different view of the world and especially if they come from a vc back background and we're bootstrapped and you know and they have a much like they want to take a long time doing it and you're like mate we were doing what you were doing what you're talking about here three years ago we're past that can you catch up to where we are because and that's because they come from that vc well which is not necessarily wrong but it's just a different approach it's a different speed i think that would be my take on it like i think that yeah. i think that vc often people talk about you get a bunch of few million dollars poured into you and then you work your 90 hour sweatshop but if you come from a vc to a bootstrap you i, I don't know where that pace is like the yeah. people talk about how vcs have this pace but you know some of the executives that we've worked with that come from the vc world that come you know have come to work with us or do some consulting it's just you know snail pace so like i i would argue that bootstrap speed is as fast, if not faster, than VC sometimes. Yeah, and I think I was listening to this podcast the other day, which will probably be, as I said on my blog, saying... It's, it's a catchphrase. Yeah, so I, I say this every morning when I come in, like, probably about four or five times to people, and they just look at me, I'm a sado. But I was listening to this thing, they were talking about gut instinct. Did I tell you this? Mm-mm. So they were talk- So this woman was talking about gut instinct, right? And I'm a big believer in... I'm a, you know, uh, I'm a big believer in fate, and I'm a big believer in gut instinct. And... Um, but what she was saying was, it's not really a gut instinct. What you're actually doing is, you're kind of subconsciously computing quite a lot in the background. So you've got all this stuff coming in and all these different uh, information and people talking to you and this, that and the other. And then anybody who's kind of, especially in a more senior position, is analysing what the hell's going on. And not all of that is happening to, like it's a conscious effort. Mm-hmm. right? You're not sitting there working out, putting it on paper. But your, so your gut instinct is not, and I never really thought about it like this before, even though I should have, it's not really a gut instinct. It's about you, you've done that analysis. Well, you have that base, you have like that base around it. So like, let's say for example, I asked like Brahim a question yeah. and they asked me the exact same question. Like my base of knowledge and what I actually have to think about is much less than this. So yeah. I can go yeah. this and he would go, well, maybe that. It's because we have like that base line of yeah, thought. Yeah, that's it. But I think one of the things with that is that it becomes difficult when, when people come in the company because because we can make decisions really, really quickly because we just have this, this base of knowledge. And also I think, I, I, I would say both me and you are relatively astute, right? We make fairly sound decisions and conceive things. So, but we don't necessarily need to write that into a 50 page document. And then that sometimes I think can cause us, causes issues. So I think the moral of the story of what I'm saying is thanks for being the COO and the, sorry it took me so long to get there. And, uh, and then separately, like if you want to join the company, then writing 50 page uh, documents is probably not going to work too well with us. We should add that to like our, our next application we put out. Do you write documents? No, we don't like to read. I think that's the better side. I, look, I love process and I think sometimes it can be misinterpreted. I love process and I like documents, but that, you know, I, a document for document's sake is the that's what yeah. that's what you're the getting document, at. The document lives and dies, right? And it has to be useful, and you have to accept that, you know, like. But I I am a big fan of process, and I think sometimes people mistake not wanting heavy documentation to not wanting process because I want process everywhere, and anybody mm-hmm. who kind of knows me will know that. And I and I do want structure and documents for when they're required. I just I'm not going to write stuff down. 
that I already know or don't need to rely. Yep. So I just got back from IRC maybe a couple weeks ago. That was the first year that they merged Retail X in with IRC. So how was that? Yeah, because I haven't. This was the first year I haven't been to IRC for about five or six years. So it was, it was really really big, and I mean, which might sound stupid because it's the McCormick Center, but like I would argue that they should be two separate events because people were getting lost. Oh really? Like I would say some marquee agencies. I found them literally at the end when I went to just go pass out like swag to a couple of our other people. I walked by and I was like, oh, whoa, why are you back here? Or like, what are you doing over there? Like some, there were companies that emailed me and they were like, hey, I missed you at IRCE that are like friends of the company that I just didn't know were there. And I was walking the floor. I, I thought they segmented it. Well, they, so they, they did, but that size of it was still yeah. massive. Still these halls. Yeah. And so I, I brought a merchant over to go talk to Retrans, one of our partners. And I said, hey, Melanie, where's Retrans? And she goes, oh straight down that way this customer and i got lost for like 10 minutes and i'm so surprised this customer just stood and walked around with me as i was pointing at people going like they do this they do that i became like his assistant and he was like and he was like what about this company and in the back of my head i was like what do i do what do i do so i started calling the retrans guys going where the hell is your booth found him though but it was good but it was like that's a good simple customer bonding yeah exactly yeah we're friends now you're friends yep before into that role a little bit it's like kind of sun roll I don't. I wouldn't say it was Sunroll. Like I, oh, I was, really? I was the mentor. He was my son. Oh really? And I was like thirty-five years younger than him, so he was my son. I have a, I have an older son. <laughs> and then, uh, but it was next a good. To big commerce. Yeah. So next to big commerce, which milkshakes. was awesome, we had a uh, boozy milkshakes, which was fantastic. It was exactly what you needed before you ended the trip. Uh, it was like Kahlua. After hangover, right? Yeah. After the Avalara tax party. Just what you need is a boozy milkshake. Well, there was a, there were some other things like we. This is this is something that was interesting, and this is more us focused than not. Is we had a laptop stolen off of our booth, which yes. was a massive pain in the ass. It was one of our developers' laptops. Yeah, so not very happy about that. And then the next day, the massive massive security guard came by. This dude is like he would put the rock to shame. Came up. Karen has no idea what that meant. But I don't know who the rock is. Do you? I'm pretty impressed. I'm not gonna lie. Anyways, Alcatraz. he comes over. No, the. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I do know who the rock is. Anyways, he comes up from another shipping company. Goes, hey, another laptop was stolen. Do you guys know each other? And then at the end of it, it turns out that ten laptops were stolen from the event. So chain your laptops up, folks. Yeah, that's a bit. It's uh, a bit dicey. I, I, I think coming from uh, my my husband comes from Yorkshire. Uh, we're a lot more security conscious than you Americans, so I was always surprised at the, the lacks of security at these events. So I'm pleased now that the rest of the team has cottoned on to the fact that we need to we need to be careful around all that. So I think no, I think my because my husband was actually there in a uh, booth set her up a capacity, but uh, as you do, and uh, he ended up being security, as I understand it. Is that correct? He walked up and said. I'm not gonna do his accent on here because I don't think it's gonna translate oh, over we well. Try. He goes, "All right, Mister Cute, I'm gonna stand right here and make sure no one gets a laptop." That is a York accent, Yorkshire, from Yorkshire accent. But he stood there. It's really not. Mine or his? No, that was not a Yorkshire accent. Which one? Any of it. Yeah, that's fair. I'm from Texas. <laughs> Anyways, he stood in the hall and 
stood as like a bouncer and then he was close to the booth and a customer came up to walk up to talk to him about like shipper hq and he just slowly backed away and walked off <laughs> exactly. he like, no well you know it's another one standard. well he just he she the woman started talking and steve kind of like looked at her and then nodded and then kind of like made eye contact with someone in the booth and then just like took a step back took a step back and then turned heel and walked off it was really really funny that's great yeah yeah maybe i don't know he i he did he has expressed interest in going next year. It was great. We signed up Booth 2020, back next to our buddies at Big Commerce. Is that where we are? Near Classy Llama, near... I forgot everyone else. It's Booth 720, 732 and 733. That's cool. I think, uh, yeah, there was there was another... I, uh, we, there's a few other events we had. So Unite Meredith went to. She's mm -hmm. our new partner manager. Uh, I think she had a ball. We should get her on to talk about it. That's a good call. Um, then, obviously, you guys went to the UK. Uh, I never got tickets for Glastonbury, so I decided to travel out to Australia instead. In the yeah, you should talk about that. Heavy disappointment. You should talk about vacation. Yeah, I took a month off, and so I missed three events, which I'm very proud of. Um, and uh, I got a bit of a break. No, I went to uh, took kids, so... Uh, Normally, my husband looks after the kids, and I really am quite useless at home. So, so once a year, I do try and take them away. Uh, so we ended up going out to Australia, and, and Jen and works for us out of Perth. Uh, spent a week with Jen. We did a shed load of work together. I've known Jen for uh, since about, I can't know the exact date, 2002 maybe, 2001. You guys met on my 10th birthday in 2002. Please shut up. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Tenth, March sixteenth. Uh, yeah, it was. It might be earlier actually. It could have been. It could have been my ninth. Was I, there... I knew her husband first, so that's why it's a bit blurry. I, the first time I ever met Jen, she was the part, like the girlfriend of the guy in the team. So it'll be like you having a girlfriend. You make that sound like it's far fetched as you say. I know. I don't know. <laughs> well, we have had it a little bit. And so then she was, I want to say she was the ogre, but we used to get really drunk. <laughs> the ogre? Yeah, so we used to get really drunk at work and uh, do really bad things. And then he would come in and tell us about kind of how, you know, she'd locked him out of the house or something like that. So she was, she was that the girlfriend, if that makes sense. And then we would just laugh. Have you ever told Jen that you, you ever referred to her as an ogre? No, she wasn't an ogre, that's the wrong word. But you know what I mean? It's like the partner that kind of... I'm not going to say anything and this will like be the test to see. It's a sensible person. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say anything and I'm going to see if she brings up the ogre thing. And this is a test to see if she listens to our podcast. Yeah, we did drink. We did drink a lot when I worked in London. I mean, you have to remember... That's part of the culture though, isn't it? Like, I was in my 20s. I mean, we were drinking pretty much. That's a part of like that, Friday like that Wall Street, not Wall Street, yeah, but, I mean, we but like that foreign, that, that's like, that's the lifestyle though, we right? We were in the city. I mean, before yeah. I started at the company, I think every other Friday, like basically nobody went to work because it was journalists. So, um, so, and then the rest of the week they were drunk because they were journalists. But the culture changed a bit when I was there, but still every Thursday and Friday, we were pretty legless. What was that? You guys ran like a, a drinking 5K? What was that? That... You guys signed up for 5K and then didn't do it and just like went and stood in the bar? What was that? Well, the company uh, had... Uh, That's a funny story. The, co the company did like... Um, it was a bit like what you'd call now as a community day. So they decided to bring the whole company together and we just wanted to go to the bar and get drunk because why the hell... We weren't. We were kind of selfish, right? But they also they weren't really doing anything for the community. It was just about the company. So one of the things they organised was this 5K 
And then, so we went down to uh, to the building on Fleet Street, and there was all these really senior managers there, and and we were just larking around. And then and then we started the five k, and the idea was was that we just go from pub to pub to pub, and we never <laughs> made it to the finish line at all. And we got into a little bit of trouble on that one, but not too much. This the problem was was that the senior managers could kind of tell what we were lining up to do. Well, they? they were just jealous. They were like, shit, we didn't think of this. Yeah, but we did used to do things like go to the pub and get really drunk at lunch and then come back and try and hold a meeting. And once we did that and was booked into a room right next to the senior managers. <laughs> and uh, I didn't, I was the team lead, so it was all on me. Those stories are always well, so funny. But we, we, were, we were all the same age. you got to, I don't know, life is, uh, you've got to enjoy those moments, right? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I hope we do that at Shipper HQ as well, which reminds me tomorrow we're going to Top Golf. Yes, we're going to Top Golf. I'm taking bets. Um, Tim wants to make a bet with me that if he wins, I have to get a Shipper HQ tattoo. And I don't know why he's trying to make this bet with me. Cause, yeah, it's not a good idea. Well, I, I, I yeah, kicked his ass never, in golf the last time we played. It's never a good idea either. To get a tattoo? Of Shipper HQ. Oh, or, Shipper or HQ. any company. That's the thing. It's like companies and like sports teams, or like well, sports teams. I kind of get. Well, you know, it's, it's a little different supporting West Ham to supporting Super HQ for the rest of your life. Well, there's like the thing of like I would never get like a celebrity tattooed on my body. Like, imagine if you had John Wayne. John Wayne is cool, but like, what if a story comes out? Imagine having like Mel Gibson tattooed on your arm, and then like that thing happens with his voicemail. You probably don't want to show off that tattoo anymore. You could just pretend it was someone else. There's only, there's only probably about twenty different people types anyway. Oh, so you're just saying, like, oh, that's my uncle. Yeah, or to be like, that's Vince Vaughn. That's not, that's not actually Mel Gibson. Yeah, just change it right. I think that's fair. I want to get a bus tattoo. I told you about this. I've got to book it up. You've got to help me. Yeah, Camden. We're going to go to Camden. But uh, I went there last time, and so I'm getting closer to getting it done. But uh, my kids have told me that it's a very unsensible thing to do, so that's good. I mean, it's funny enough, that's what my parents told me about me getting a and tattoo. What do you think? I mean... I mean, I have, I don't know, I actually don't have, like, 10, and I think it's fine. I think that it's, I think they're not for, they mean more to you than they do to, like, other people, and sometimes, like, I mean, I wouldn't get, like, a, like, a burning cross or, like, a, like, a pentagram. A bus is cool. As an, as Americans, we're really not used to, like, public transport, so it's a bit weird. Kind of weird. Well, at least where I grew up. Like, if you saw a bus. A bus in America is generally saying that you've been a bit poorer, right? Kind of, or it's it's seen for someone who doesn't like a car, or like transportation. But like the Greyhound system they have here is like the closest thing we have. Like it depends on the city. Like New York, Philly, Chicago, all have good bus systems. Yeah. But like in Texas, like where I grew up, people people legitimately rode horses next to highways. So there were no buses. You had school buses. Oh, hang on, you're riding twenty seven. I'm not saying that buses weren't invented. They just weren't popular. You horses. Yes, horses. Horses you were. On a horse to school. No, I never did. Other people did. I don't trust horses. No, I'm just not sure that you would choose to use a horse as a form of transport anymore. A person. There was a gas station across from my high school that you know when like the old John Wayne movies like you went before. They have that pole where you tie yeah, the yeah. horse thing up to. People would tie horses up to this gas station, okay. and so people would go inside buy their snacks. This. Yeah, East where Texas, is this? across from Chapel Hill High School in Tyler, Texas. I technically lived in New Chapel Hill, which had a population of 554. It's gone down since then because I left, so I don't know if it's at 553. 
Maybe it's gone up a bit, but that's what it was when I was there. There are more Magenta people in Austin than there are people in that town. In New Chapel Hill, probably, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know how many employees they have there. You said that there's 100 people in Austin that work in Magenta, plus about number four. So I think you're number 96, and we're counting down. Where'd that number 100 come from? Was it just a guess? It was just a guess. Is there a database of us somewhere? Somebody started then putting numbers against it, so they were like, Karen, 98... E-commerce holic who actually lives in what, Alabama or somewhere? Opalaka, Alabama. Strategically in the middle of nowhere. Hey y'all, welcome to E-commerce holic. This is TJ. Today I'm gonna be drinking a nice glass of bourbon whiskey. He has the best accent. Oh yeah, I know. But for an English person, that's him and I tell you who else, uh, when I first met, and I think I've said this before, Kevin and Ben Mark, so from Blue Acorn, their accents to me were just amazing. I just thought they were so cool. Do they have accents? Oh my god, like Kevin, yeah, he has a really, like, he has a strong accent. But oh. he's actually not from South Carolina. I think he's from New Jersey or something, but he doesn't sound like Well, that. Ben's from Boston, right? Yeah, no, but they have, yeah. like, this weird accent going on. I don't know, and i just like to say that I like TJ's accent a lot as well, so that was not me making fun of it, that was me emulating it. Yeah, I like TJ, he's a good guy. He's a good he guy. He started doing these weird selfies, but apart from that, he's a very good He guy. is coming here in a few weeks, though. So he's he's passing through. He's on a he's at VidCon, which is some sort of content thing. He's gonna pass back through Austin and come see us. I'm not here. I'll be here. So so with the podcast itself, what we're gonna do is um, I, um if anybody wants to come on the podcast, you can. And I wrote a I wrote a blog a couple of days ago about Singapore, and I'm gonna be there soon. And about inclusion, I've written blogs about this before. Probably really boring pants over everybody, but. Um, so if you want, yeah, if you want to come on and talk, and I'm sure that you can come up with more dribble than us. So what was the so what was the catalyst to write that blog? Was it thinking? The inclusion one. Yeah, yeah most recently. I literally was driving into work, and I was I listening was to a podcast. Listening? No, I wasn't actually. Sometimes I just listen to myself, which is a great thing to do. Just okay. Uh, I think I was listening to myself, and I was thinking about Singapore, and I, I kind of uh, was just thinking about what I want to do there because we're trying to drum up some business. You know, like we're not, I don't think we're going anywhere to have a jolly, uh, and I'm kind of, that's one of the reasons why you've been going to some of the events, because I'm definitely a bit, I would say, worn out by events. Mm-hmm. So I've done so many over the years that I'm a little jaded. So I'm looking at, you know, what's the business opportunity? Where's the value there? I'm trying to be a CEO. And, um, but then I was kind of thinking, well, I think it's really important that we remain inclusive. And it's very easy. And I sat there. I, I sat there in an event recently and watched a group of people literally walk past me, which to be honest doesn't bother me because I have friends, right? I, I'm never in a situation where I'm anywhere that I feel I don't have anyone to talk to. Because to be honest with you, I actually there's a there's a side story here. I was I was at Shop Talk. Let me tell you the side story for a sec. I never told you this story. I was at Shop Talk. And I was there on my own, right? And there was a lot of things going on and everything else. And I just got fed up of hanging around e-commerce people. Just got fed up of it, right? So I walked over to the wing and I ended up at that bar on the corner. Yeah. Right? B-bar. And I met called. this guy from Los Angeles. And he was uh, he was absolutely bloody hilarious. And we ended up sitting together for about five minutes. And we literally shared our deepest, darkest secrets. It was down to kind of bottom drawer secrets. 
never knew his name, he never knew mine, we didn't share any details and we got up and said goodbye and walked away. So I never have a problem talking to people is what I'm trying to explain. But when I was sitting there at this event uh, relatively recently, I just, and I've seen this before, people just, you know, they've got a group of people together, they're going out somewhere, they see you there and they don't even ask you to come out. Now it doesn't bother me, but it bothers me when there's I see other people also sitting there that don't have someone to talk to and maybe are not as kind of outgoing as me that are also being mm -hmm. ignored. That's where I have an issue. And so I it's more of like standing up for those people that, you know, you see it and you're good with it because personally you're good with it. Not like you're yeah. okay with being people being excluded, but like you have other things to do. But for those, it's like the silent majority in some ways. Yeah, and I've realized as I've got older that like, I used to think of it as being a bit interfering-y, or I, I don't really believe in, like, like, I just think that I don't really have anything major to say, but I think that I've come to realise that it's important for me to talk up and also to try and protect some of these people that maybe are a bit quieter, a bit more introverted, and actually kind of represent them and say, hey, people, can we just make sure that we're always including people that maybe you wouldn't normally include because some of these people are the most interesting environment people ever and even if they're not is it really that much of you know to not ask them you know yeah does, I, does that make sense yeah no it does and i think it's like one of the things that we do like at our meetups like at our meetup tonight so we're doing a meetup tonight at the volusion headquarters in austin texas but whenever we started doing them it was always that you know like let's let everyone in the room say something yeah. you just you made people talk yeah. And it just, it, it promotes that because, you know, someone sitting in the back, you know, they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to say something tonight and they're going to sit there and they're going to be like, I'm waiting for my perfect time, waiting for my perfect time. Yeah. They never get it. So they're, they're going to go home and be like, oh, That's I it. didn't get to talk to him. But like invoking that and being yeah. like, hey, let's just talk yeah. about this. You have 30 seconds, get up. Just, yeah. You have to say something. If you're going to come to the meetup and drink our beer and eat our pizza, you got to say something. I love that. Yeah. I really, and I think on our meetups, one of the biggest feedbacks we get is about us doing that and allowing everybody to talk. And we're not saying to people do a sales pitch. Exactly. Well, the other thing that we find is when we do those meetups is that after we've done that kind of stand up, uh, and then we finish, and then there's networking. That room is just it's buzzing. Buzzing. It's so much more than it was before, and it's the exact same people. All it is is people talking a little bit, people kind of hearing something that might catch their eye. Like yeah. we had a merchant that was Lamb's Candies that was speaking at our event last time. Thank you again, Lauren. But they said something about selling on Amazon and like protecting their products. And the guy in the back was like, hey, I know Mike at such and such. I can help you with that. Mm. But without her kind of sharing like her feedback, you know, she was speaking, but then she did her kind of candid pitch thing and talked about that. But like she saw, hey, that's what this guy does. And then the room goes around and it just, you know, yeah, it's. I think that's. I remember once and uh, I was talking to this girl at the Buzz Labs and um, the Buzz Labs, are, uh, I don't know, they're, they're like naturally beautiful. Like every one of them, and I don't know what it is. They live in LA. I think a lot of people in yeah. LA. But this girl was incredibly beautiful and and hilarious. We got on like House on Fire. She's actually on one of our videos. Like House on Fire? That's an English term. We got on like House on Fire. We don't say that because of the you Chicago fires. No. Nope. I'm sorry. And um, anyway, we got on really, really well. And uh, and then we were sitting there talking, and she was from LA, right? And it's a million miles away from me, and they're very creative people. They're not technical, technical, like they are technical, but you know what I mean? It's a right? different kind of technical. Different kind, right? We were sitting there three years ago, and I, I was talking to her quite drunk, and I said, what's really funny here, I said, is that if we, if we were walking down the street and we saw each other, we would 
never in a million years acknowledge each other or smile or anything like that, right? And in England, people don't tend to smile anyway, so I come from that kind of world. And, uh, and then she turned around to me and I, she said something really interesting. And she said, she said, Karen, she said, it would probably be you that ignored me rather than me that ignored you. And I thought that was really interesting. And because I, mean, I always think, well, you know, this kind of beautiful, you know, woman, you know, intelligent, clearly very well dressed and everything else, like she's not going to want to talk to me and she's got a million friends and everything else. So what I, I kind of think what I'm trying to say is that it's not always the people that you think are going to be the ones that you need to include that are the ones that you should include, as it were. Right? It's, it's, it's sometimes the other way around. And you never know on the personalities of people and you really can't judge anybody by their first appearance. You know? But she would, this girl was, and all of the us are just fantastic people. Are they coming back anytime soon? I don't know. The last time they were here, it was... That was a, that was dude, a long week. That was a really, really long week. Yeah. Well, that's not... Let's just start off a couple of months because I'm still also recovering from my other liver is broken thing from the end of May, so my liver's really broken right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's fair. Yeah. That was that was only six weeks ago. I'm still... I looked up... That's why I looked. I was like, July 10th. I had to, like, count back, and I was oh, like... By the end of July, uh, it's actually my birthday. We should go out. Oh, you're actually going to tell people about your birthday? Like... Uh, Oh, you're not going to tell everyone. No, we'll do that. We'll we'll have only on the po- no one's going to listen to this. We'll do the well. That's when we'll do the RV. We'll do the RV party there. Yes, let's do that. That's that's the plan. Having a birthday in July is never great because when like at school, everyone had broken up. Oh. So I never really had birthday parties, and then we also used to go away. So I was like, we were in a field camping, and my parents were not good at doing birthday cards. In fact, neither am I. Do you think that's because of that? Well, your kids' birthdays are close to Christmas, though, because that's yeah. if like you want to talk about like shitty birthdays around Christmas isn't good. I think July is kind of good because like you get like your this is gonna sound materialistic, but like around Christmas you get your gifts, and like six months in you get like some more stuff, and like oh, that works. Are you saying that I planned it all wrong? No, I mean you getting into that no. No, I think that I think as a parent it's good because it's like hey, just sit around for December, you're done. Like I think that's pretty ideal. I think it's terrible to have Christmas children. My, my, my first child was due, I think he, I can't quite remember, so I'm probably lying at this point, but I think it was something like he was due on the 31st, and then the second child was due on the 29th, two years apart, but then, so, but then what happened was the first one was late, and the second one was early, so there's a two-week gap between them and two years. So one of them's Christmas Eve, and the other one is uh, 6th of Jan. But it's terrible, and they don't, I don't know that they'll thank me for it when they're older. Eh, it'll be alright. But the, but the July birthday is great when you work in London. Why is that? Because we used to have a massive party. That was the best time in my life. Just seeing that. But like now, when I come here, I don't tell anyone it's my birthday. No, my, my birthday falls on South by Southwest in Austin. So I've been coming to Austin since I was in high school for South by Southwest. So I love it. It was always spring break. Yeah, that's So that, that timed out really well. It's a good birthday. Well, I'm pleased that we're talking about really constructive uh, work important. And that's how and that's how we're going to solve this uh, Magento 2 hump, folks. This so, end of life in 2020, it's all going to be fixed with birthdays. I'm glad everyone tuned in for this. Uh, hey, Mark, if you're not busy counting your money, I need you to uh, go ahead and call in that favor and come on the podcast, buddy. That's uh, Mark Lavelle. You know, we, uh, we're friends. I'm going to bring him on. That's going to be my guest. Mark, I know you're listening to this right now. I need you to come on. 
didn't, text me. You didn't hear any of the rest of the podcast about inclusion, hierarchy. Well, you put it as a competition. Like you put it as a competition. Let's. let's you said who's going to bring on a better guest? Let's trust twenty-seven-year-olds to be the COO, etc., etc. You didn't listen to it. All I heard was competition, and we're going to vote, and I want to win. So that was that was your fault putting okay. it to competition. All right. I, I can work this out. Like, I, I got this covered up. Nope. It's competition. I got a meeting. Mark, so. text me, buddy. <laughs> we need to stop. All right. So I think this was a good first podcast back. Um, like you said, look out for another one of these in a couple weeks. No one's going to listen to this. No, no one's going to listen. No. My mom might listen to this. Okay. If I send this to my mom, my mom would listen. Quentin's mom. Thanks for listening. Thanks, mom. Love See you. Later. Bye. Bye.